0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. In your Bible, the first Kings, um, what's happening downstairs, we're, we're continuing the renovations downstairs in the lobby and outside and tearing up the lobby and it's, it's going to be crazy for the next few weeks. But, um, but uh, God is in control and it's exciting what is happening and we're going to be... Uh, plan is everything will be done, finished and ready to roll for Christmas, um, which is exciting. And, uh, and so thank you for your patience and, um, and it's all going to work out. Turn with me to First Kings chapter 3 and verse, uh, I'm going to go from verse 7. Welcome if you're visiting while you turn in there. If you're visiting with us, we, will, we want you to feel welcome. We're a church that uh, we love Jesus. We get passionate about him. And, uh, and whether you're a believer or not in Jesus, our heart is that you would feel welcome and that you would feel loved. And uh, wherever you're from, whatever you're going through, whatever you believe, um, you don't have to be a believer to belong. And, uh, and you belong here. You belong here with us and we love you and we're grateful for you. And uh, this, uh, these few verses, it's just three verses that I'm going to read, but it's actually um, powerful verses that, that tell us what Solomon you know Solomon in the Bible, he was known for someone of uh, someone having great wisdom, having great wealth and great blessing, had carried great influence and he was one of the sons of David. Um, he was actually the son of Bathsheba, remember Bathsheba with David's little uh, hiccup and uh, that's being generous, let's be honest um, and, uh, and, and uh, she gave birth to Solomon. And so here we have Solomon is now put in this position as King David. His father has died. And Solomon is, is, uh, is with God and, and um, talking, spending this time. He has this encounter, if you like, with the, with the Lord. And it says in 1 Kings 3 verse 7, he says, Now, O Lord, you have made your servant, speaking of himself, you had made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours. I want to read that verse 9. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? This is a powerful passage of scripture. This is the the sort of passage that we we, we, we sort of are referring to, we talk about that the way, where Solomon prayed and asked God for wisdom. And what I like about this passage is he, is he is someone who, at the time he's praying this prayer, he is someone that is in a position of great power. He's someone who's in a position of great authority. I mean, he's someone that has been given rule over the land, I mean, he's, I mean he's rolling at this point, he's got some authority, he knows, he, he's, he's commander, he's king, he's chief, yet he begins this prayer and I love the humility that we hear in Solomon's voice as he's spending time with God, he says, you have made your servant, speaking of himself, your servant king, instead of my father David, but I'm just a little child, I don't know how to go out or to come in. I'm in the midst of your people whom you have chosen as a great people, too numerous or numbered or to count. And one of the things that I like about Solomon and how he begins this prayer is the humility in which he approaches God despite the great position that he has. I think that's a powerful lesson that we can learn as God continues to bless and as God continues to elevate us and bless our lives and and bless our families and do great things in and through us, I think it's an important thing for us to remember the importance of keeping that heart humbled before the Lord, of keeping our heart positioned in that place of humility. And what I want to do is I want to just talk a little bit around This topic further on that Solomon talks about when Solomon says this incredible thing, given that Solomon, prior to this prayer, God asks Solomon and says to him, what do you want? You can have anything. I mean, this is God giving you a blank check. What do you want? And look at what Solomon prays for. Solomon's got power. Solomon's got authority. He doesn't say, God, give me the strength to rule. God, give me authority. God, give me victories. God, continue to expand me, continue to grow me, continue to lift me up. I mean, all of those things would be great to pray, but this is not what he prays. In the midst of all of this power and authority and influence that he has, Solomon prays and he says, Lord, give your servant an understanding heart. A heart that, what that means is a heart that hears, Intelligently, the interpretation for that is to judge your people that I may, and this is key right here, that I may discern between good and evil. That's a powerful thing for someone to pray who is in a position of great authority and great influence. It shows us what his heart really is. He's saying, Lord, don't let this influence that I have and don't let this blessing that I have get to my head so much so that I cannot discern between what's right and what's wrong. Don't bless me so much that I get so caught up in what I'm doing and so caught up in the authority I have and the influence that I have that I forget the difference between what's doing right and what's doing wrong. I think if ever we are in a time where it's important for us as Christians to have a spirit of discernment, to be able to discern in the spirit, empowered by God, not not just read into. The word discern, it doesn't mean to just read into in your own strength and, and balance it up based on what you think, but it's a spiritual thing that's talking about revelation from God that helps you. What it means is to separate interpretation discern means to separate right from wrong what can happen is we can get so caught up in what we're doing we could get so caught up in the position we have. We could get so caught up in the blessing. We can, we can jump on the train to blessing and prosperity and get excited and things grow and things develop. And the family is blessed and, and the business is blessed and we're walking and, and it's going good. And we're walking in all of these great things. But let us not forget what's right and what's wrong. It's a discernment. We need Christians nowadays more than ever that know what it is to discern, to separate. There's a separation. Right and wrong are not blended together. It's not about us as the church trying to work out how much wrong can we fit into the church and still be the church. That's not what we're called to do. It's not about us saying how much. Maybe I can take a little bit of wrong and mix it just with a little bit of right. Depending on the culture, depending on where I am. It's, you know People say, well, it's just the crowd I roll in. It's where I'm putting. No, 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 that's not what the Word says. It says that we need to be able to separate. There is a clear distinction. There's a clear line. It's called the Word of God. And if we lose sight of the Word of God, I'm telling you, we're on a fast track to a bad place. That's why we've got to keep the Word in front of us as a clear distinction. If we want to know what's right and what's wrong, we don't look to politics to tell us what's right and what's wrong. We look to the Word of God, we don't look to a party to say what's right and what's wrong we don't look to our friends to say what's right and what's wrong we don't look to our family to say what's right and what's wrong what we do is we look to the word of god and we say what does the word of god say and that's what i'm going to stand on it's clear it baffles me some of the conversations that people get caught up in and i think are we serious right now what bible are you reading I know it's, I know it's old school. I know it's, but I don't know how to do it any different. It's so black and white to me. What it is is, it's the ability to discern. And we've got to be very careful, I believe in this day and age, that we, that we don't lose our ability to discern what's right and what's wrong. The Bible says that we need to speak truth in love. The problem is, is truth has been preached in the past in the abs, with the absence of love. And they called it legalism and condemnation. And so what the church has done is the church has run so far from that. Now we're so afraid to preach truth because we're under the guise of trying to be politically correct. We get so worried we're going to offend someone. Let me tell you something. Truth will not make everybody happy. Truth truth is going to accept some people. I'm so sorry, but I'm not. Truth will rattle the cage, and I'm not saying it to try and rattle the cage. But we cannot hold back from truth because we're so scared of what people are going to do or what people are going to say or what if people leave. If they leave, go, but we won't stop preaching truth. We preach truth. And then it's up to people's responsibility. I'm not responsible for what it is you do with the truth that we preach. Our job is to be a shepherd. A shepherd guides and directs you to truth. I'm not going to grab the shepherd doesn't grab the sheep's head and shove it in the grass and say, eat this thing. Some pastors might want to do that, but I'm not, I mean, do what you want to do. But what I'm going to do is what we do is here and and the heart of our senior pastor is to guide you and direct you to where truth is and truth is in the Word of God. Yeah. To not just let people, if people come and, and, and people want to hear the Word of God, it's not, we don't, we don't preach different parts of Scripture. We don't. Just preach a certain part that went, but then we don't preach that this part based on what's going on. The Word of God, it doesn't, it doesn't change depending on the temperature of the times. We don't, we don't sort of change it up. It's not a little, it's not a smorgasbord where you sort of decide you want a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I'll take a little bit and put this with this today, and then maybe next year we'll deal with some of it. No, 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 it's the Word of God. But the thing that we forget about truth is is the Bible says that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Have we forgotten that the truth is freedom? Have we forgotten that we're so concerned about trying to appease people that we forget that the very thing that's going to set the people free comes from the truth of the Word of God? There's truth in the Word and hear my heart this morning. We have to speak truth in love. If you're not living by the Word of God, guess what? You belong here. If you're not living by the Word of God, guess what? We love you. You are welcome here. You are welcome in my home. I will meet with you every single day of the week because my heart is for lost people. But we will not stop preaching truth. We have to preach truth, man. we got to stand on it. As much as society might try and push you, As much as other churches and other Christians might try and pull you off it, you've got to be someone that's grounded and planted in the Word of God that says, you know what? I love you, but I can't move from here. This is what I believe. This is what I'm standing on. This is what I'm grounded in. This is what I'm rooted in. This is what we believe as a family, as a church. It's the truth of God. It's a a discernment. It's the ability to discern what is God saying it's a powerful gift the Bible talks about it as being one of the gifts of the spirit it says that we need to earnestly desire it we need to seek it we need to we need to want that we need to want that that discernment I want to give you a couple of quick things I know I got excited early but I want to just give you a a couple of quick things On developing discernment, the first thing that we have to do to develop, how many want, you want that discernment? I I prayed over my life, Lord, help me, help me to have the discernment to know what's right and what's wrong, regardless of who I'm in front of, regardless of what circle I'm in. How many have found this, that dependent on what circle you're in, sometimes is harder to discern right from wrong, isn't it? I've found before sometimes it's, whether it's unsafe friends, whether it's Christians sometimes, you get in a circle and people are talking this and saying this and that and you're sort of like, oh, I'm not, it's harder to discern. That's why we've got to know what the truth of God's word is. The first thing, for discovering discernment is discernment begins with a fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. When it talks about the fear of the Lord, it's talking about an honor of the Lord and a reverence of the Lord. Do we have an honor for the Lord? You hear it in Solomon's words as he's praying. You've made your king a servant instead of my father. I'm but a child. I don't know what I'm doing. It's basically, you can see he's honoring. Whatever you honor, you elevate. That's what honor is. So when you have an honor for the Lord, you are elevating the Lord in your life. You will not obey the word of a God that you have not elevated. Is he elevated in your life? Or is he just on the same level as other things in your life? Is he on the same level as your business, as your friends, as your marriage, as your families. The Lord has to be elevated. He's got to be honored. There's got to be a fear of the Lord in our life. Humility, like what I talked about at the start, the humility that Solomon walked in is so key to us honoring God because humility is the platform the honor is released from. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, we take the first step to honouring God and saying, Lord, it's not me. It's not my will. But you remember what Jesus prayed? Not my will, but your will be done. We hear a lot of talk nowadays about people's rights. It's my right. It's funny because Paul puts it like this. He says, I take up my cross daily. Which means I die to myself daily. I don't have rights because I don't belong to me. I was purchased. I don't belong to me. I belong to Jesus. And he paid a big price for me. It's not about my rights. It's not about my opinion. It's about the opinion of my God that I serve and love and elevate in my life. He bought me. You were bought with the blood of Jesus Christ if you've received Jesus. We don't have rights. We don't have opinions. Everything we do is about Jesus. We start to adopt this worldly mindset that it's about me and it's about my free speech and it's about my rights and it's about what I want. I'm sorry. Once you receive Jesus Christ, you surrender your life. You surrender your hopes. You surrender who you are to Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, it's the best thing you can do. Knowing Jesus, belonging to Jesus is the greatest thing. It's a surrendered surrendered life. We forget that sometimes. I don't have the right to be upset. I don't have a right to be angry at someone else. I might want to. Some dude cuts you off down the road, screaming down the 405. Some of you crazy Americans drive like. I mean, you have to be close to Jesus to drive here. It's not a question. HOV land? Oh, my Lord. Someone cuts you off. You want to get mad? Your first instinct is to fire up and get mad. Do you know what? I don't have a right. Well, he did this to me. Stop trying to justify your flesh based on what someone else has done. I don't have a right. It's not about what they did. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say that same thing to me. Man, didn't he give up all his rights when he hung on that cross? Isn't that the standard by which we live by as Christians? I don't have a right. I don't have a right to be upset with someone. Do what you want to me. Call me what you want, but I don't have a right. It's not my right to get upset and get offended. It's, it's a surrendered life. There's power in a surrendered life. And it begins with the fear of the Lord. Hebrews 11 verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. A godly fear. You know the story of Noah, dude, built the ark. It was crazy. It didn't make sense. But because he honored the Lord, there was a godly fear of the Lord. He walked in the obedience that the Lord told him to walk in, and he walked blessed because of it. You honor God. You elevate God. It's the beginning to first thing in developing discernment in our life. The next thing It begins first with the fear of the Lord, then it's a knowledge of His Word. It's a knowledge of the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. Look at this, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Church, we got to know the Word of God. I mean, we got to know it. If ever you got to know it, it's in this day and age. What does the Word say? Not what Scripture can you quote. I've met a lot of people that can quote a Scripture that they don't know. Quote it to you blue in the face. The demons know how to quote Scripture. The devil knew how to quote Scripture when Jesus was being tempted. The devil, was, he was dropping Scripture sounded like he was preaching. But if you don't know it, what you quote won't carry any authority and power in it. And the devil will look at you and laugh at you just because you're quoting something that someone else preached or your mother had on the wall. But if you don't know the Word of God, it won't carry power and authority in it. we got to know it. You shall know the truth. It's the knowledge, it's the understanding of the truth that sets us free. In John 8, 31, verse 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide, if you abide, it means to remain, to stand. I like that, to stand, to dwell. Dwell It's talking about where we live. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and truth shall set you free. Are you abiding? Are you living? Are you standing? in the Word of God. It might, I'm not talking about knowing every single part of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but I'm saying, do you have a few verses? Maybe you're just newly saved. Do you have a few verses that you abide in? Do you have a few verses that you're built upon? Do you have those few verses that your family dwells upon? This is what we stand on. This, And we're, we're building it more and we're developing it more. But we got a few that we stand on. Sometimes I've found maybe to walk in victory, you only need but a few. And if you know them, they'll get you somewhere. You might only have a couple that you're standing on. But if you know what those words mean, if it speaks something to your heart, that'll get you by. That'll be enough of a sword to move you forward. You may not know all of the word, but you've got to have a few that you're standing on you got to have a few scriptures that you hold on to, come hell or high water, no matter what comes against you, you know what you're holding on to, what you're standing on. It's power in knowledge of the word of God. The only word that will really guide you is a word that's truly in you. Christians that get lost and scattered easily and easily influenced and swayed this way and that and not guided by the word is because the word is not truly in them my desire my prayer is when i get with the lord lord i pray that the that the word would become alive to me And you've got to be careful, especially when you sit down to read Scripture, that the the enemy can come in and try and get you to be all religious about it and try and read 30 chapters before you go to work or you're not walking free. Listen, sometimes you need to pull back and say, you know what, forget all that. I'm just going to get one Scripture. I'm just going to learn it and I'm just going to stand on it. I'm just going to believe that. Don't let the enemy take you down this weird path of trying to strive and trying to work for your salvation, trying to earn it. It's a it's a works mindset, a works mentality. Get caught in legalism. I've got to say this many scriptures before it. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you live, where you abide. Live in that word. Live in those few scriptures. It's powerful. But we gotta have a knowledge of the word of God, it will help you to discern what's right and wrong. This is a powerful tool for our life. Discernment will get you by. Man, as you're growing up and you're working out, you know, who you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, dear Jesus, if ever there's a time where you need some discernment. I meet some people and they're like, dude, what do you think of this chick? I'm like, bro. Are you for real? You've got to have some discernment. Some discernment. What does the Lord say? He says, don't be, it's very clear, don't be unequally yoked. When it says yoked, it's not talking about how fit you look. It says, don't be unequally yoked. That means, you know what that means? Does she love Jesus? She goes to church. I didn't ask that. Does she love Jesus? Well, she grew up in a great family. I didn't ask that. Does she love Jesus? It'll take you a long time to sometimes get a straight answer with stuff like that. Does she have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ before anything else? Young women, does he know the Lord? Oh, he's on his way. He might be on his way, but has he got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, he's close to the pastor. I didn't ask that. His friends are saved. I didn't ask that. He knows Scripture. I didn't ask that either. Does he love Jesus? Has he got his own personal relationship with the Lord? I promise you, otherwise you close that deal. And the thing that will drive you the craziest is that deadbeat husband over here that won't get in his word, won't pray, won't lead you, won't cover you. And you're in that mess because you didn't do what the word says at the start. (laughs) Discernment. Man, some dudes I say, bro, the best thing I can tell you is turn. And run like all. My wife was here, she'd be shaking her head, say, don't say it. Whatever you're thinking, don't say it. Some dude said, bro, what do you think about this chick? Man, the best I can tell you is turn and head for the hills, bro. Get out of there. I'm not being judgmental. But what I'm saying is you will save yourself a world of hurt early on. Get in the Word. That's what I love about Pastor Jake and what he's doing with our youth ministry, our young kids, our teenagers. They have fun down there. They go crazy. They enjoy it, but they hear the Word of God. And we teach teenagers right from the start what it is to work out. What's the type of person you want to date? What age? What's a good age? Listen, if you're not ready to get married, you're not ready to date. We've got to be careful. We've got to teach. We've got to train. Come on, bro, she's not married material. You're wasting your time. What are you doing? It's called playing a game. Quit playing a game. Get in the law. Grow who you are. Learn in your singleness and God will set you up with the right person in the right time of where he's called you to be. It's living by the Word of God. Careful who you hang out with. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. Man, the amount of people just hanging out with morons. And then I wonder why they're not growing. You're called to be an eagle, don't hang out with chickens. You wonder why you're not walking in what God has for you. You look around, you're surrounded by idiots 24-7. Guess what, bro? You hang out with idiots, you're going to be an idiot. People say, well, Jesus did it. Let me tell you something, he's going to blow your mind. You're not Jesus. Oh my Lord! How many times have you heard someone say that? Man, I've got to go. Listen, hear my heart. I am all for lost people. I am all for seeing them saved. But we use that 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 guy is saying. Well, this is what Jesus did. You're not walking in the same power he's walking in. Listen, praying for you. I hope you get there. I'm not there yet. And so since I'm not there, I'm not putting myself in the middle of the nightclub to try and see the nightclub saved because I'm not carrying the same power that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, carried. So if I'm not going to change it, I'm not getting in it. And I will do what God has called me to do where he's put me. You got a couple of friends you're witnessing to, that's awesome. Yeah. But listen, we are in the world. Do you understand that? People like when you've got to get with lost people. What like what planet are you are you Amish living in a village where there's no I'm with lost people every day. I don't have to go looking for them down in nightclubs and down in bro, you wanna be with lost people? Turn and look at the cubicle beside you at your workplace. I guarantee you that could be a lost person. You hear what I'm saying? Sorry, I'm getting angry early. I've got to finish. It's discernment. The last thing real quick. Keyboard better come, otherwise this thing's going to get wild. But it's been, it's been stirring in my heart, man. I see people and I think, bro, why are you in that place? Why are you in that state? Why is your marriage in that state? Why are your kids in that state? Why is our country in this state? Because we steer away. From the Word. It's the Word of God, the last thing. It's real quick, real easy. It's obedience to His voice. I found it's great to, it's a lot easier to walk in discernment in regard to what someone else is doing before it is discernment in regard to what we're doing. It's learning to discern. Okay, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me? He says, fix the the stick, the... In your own eye, before you worry about the splinter of someone else's discern, what's the Lord speaking to me? Why, Lord? Why am I feeling like that? I'm, I'm constantly praying and saying, Lord, why do I, why do I default to that? Show me are there things in my heart? Show me is there pride in my heart? Is there fear in my heart? Is there insecurity in my heart? Why do I, why do I do that? You got to be able to. I found the more you are obedient to the voice of God the clearer his voice becomes. Because you learn what it is. People constantly say, how do I hear the voice of God? I've said this example before. When I was a kid and we would go to the mall, I was a bit of a handful as a kid. I know that's incredibly difficult for you to understand. And thank you, I appreciate it. But my mum had me on a leash. Have you seen that before? That's child abuse. What's crazy here is I've seen people at Fashion Island with a dog in a stroller. <laughs> Bro, I know you love your pets, but that's wrong, man. When, I was, when I'd be running off as a kid, we'd be in a crowded, crowded place. Noise everywhere, people everywhere. My mum would say, Benjamin? It wouldn't be any louder than any other voice, but I just knew. I know that voice. Why do I know it? Because I spent time with my mother when no one else is around, when there wasn't noise, when it was just me and her at home, and I learned, I got familiar with that voice, and I knew what it sounded like. How do you hear the voice of God in the midst of big decisions? You've got to get with God when no one's around tune in to hear what's his voice saying in the quiet then you'll hear him in the difficult times and in the tough times we've got to stand for truth church and I know we're getting excited and I know we're hitting different things and, and I know, it's, I know it's, a, it's a testy season as a nation with the election and things going on and, and I'm sensitive to the fact that some of the things that people are talking about and debating are very close to people's hearts and it can get difficult it can get hard and i'm not trying to be insensitive with things at all but i know the answer is very simple and it's the word of god it's the word of god and that's what we stand for as a church that's what our pastor pastor jensen who i actually think and people can say what They want. I think he has navigated and shepherded this church, Free Chapel, through this season right now with the election with incredible integrity. I think he's done an incredible job in preaching truth, where a lot of a lot of preachers haven't. A lot of preachers with agenda. I thank God that we have a senior pastor that does. He has an agenda. It's called the Kingdom of God, and that's that's what we need to do. It's the truth of God's Word. And it's time, it's time for the church to speak truth in love. Don't leave the love out. Because truth without love is just judgment. But it's the love and the truth combined. It's so powerful. And we've got to be very careful we have People now that are given platforms and people will speak the truth until that speaking the truth means they'll lose their influence. The moment truth collides with influence, we have too many Christians that check out. We've got to speak truth where it costs us influence or not. Because why else do we have influence if not to build the kingdom of God? And I don't know, you know, what you're going through or what situation you're in. But I've been praying this week that the Lord would give us a greater revelation. The power of discernment in our life, the ability to discern. You, if you're a businessman or businesswoman, you you need that discernment in your life. What's the right deal to do? Who's for you? Who's against you? Who says they're for you, they're not really. Who's against you? Why? What's, it's, it's a powerful thing to have that spirit of discernment. Sometimes I've found in order to tune into discernment, the slower you go, the easier it is. The Bible says be slow to speak and quick to listen. Sometimes we rush into decisions and we rush into things so quick. Just hold back, stop and just see. here. What's the Lord saying? pray in your heart and your spirit say Lord guide me Lord direct me through this navigate me through this give me discernment and right across this room head every thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you were blessed